0: When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the
1: pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders?
0: It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah,
1: this is perfect.
0: Relax. You booked a verbo.
1: Let the word go forth.
0: Fool me, once.
1: Are you fired up? If
0: I'm not a crook.
1: Are you ready to go?
0: Shame on shame on you.
1: Ah! It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel.
0: Yeah. Boom, you can't get fooled again.
1: Uh, that sounds good. Are you ready to go? Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. Marcus Parks, movie recommendation. Ooh. Go see The Visit. Oh yeah. M. Night Shyamalan's new feature featuring grandparents scary grandparents. (laughs) So that's kind of fun. That's your pitch? Yeah, it's got scary grandparents. (laughs) Grandparents are supposed to care for you and love you. In this situation, they do something different. My grandmother was terrifying. Well, there you go. You'll relate to the feature (laughs) film then. It'll be more of a Parks family uh, documentary (laughs) as opposed to a horrific story involving evil grand folks mm. uh, let's see thanks so much everyone for reaching out on Twitter I've had a lot of fun conversations recently my favorite tweet I got all week Marcus what's that it was a snarky tweet Ooh. this guy said, sent out my favorite tweet I've ever heard yeah Ben we get it Joseph A. Bank is a nice jacket <laughs> But stop bragging about it. You're not impressing anybody. Clearly, the joke is lost on this gentleman. What's he wearing? Garbage bags? (laughs) Joseph Yeah, Cl... Are those those hefty bags, Ben? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Oh, man. It was my favorite thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, Ben, we get it. Joseph A. Banks are a nice jacket. Stop bragging. You're not impressing anyone. I loved it. So thank you so much for cheering me up. Uh, As I was bummed out on Tuesday, most likely I don't recall. All right, so we have our first casualty. In the Republican primary, Rick Perry is gone. He will not be participating in CNN's September 16th debate. He would have, of course, uh, once again been on the, uh, on the early show. He would have been, I believe, airing at 5 o'clock yeah. Well, the big boys get to play at 8 o'clock. So Rick Perry, this past Saturday, officially announced he is no longer running for the presidency Of the United States of America, but this just in, new candidate has announced, Pick Rary. Pick Pick Rary is coming through. He does not have glasses, but he does seem to have a fake beard. (laughs) Oh, my God. Isn't that fascinating? Pick Rary will be here in the debates. No, Rick Perry, the first casualty, never got a foothold. He was the definition of a doofus, and he was the definition of everything that was wrong. Uh, Perceived to be wrong with the Republican Party. He put his Rachel Maddow glasses on in an attempt to look smart. And believe it or not, folks didn't buy it because he's still dumb. Yeah, he gave it 100 days. 100 days is what he uh, should have given it. I'm happy that he had. I'm actually proud of the man. Yeah. Sometimes you have to realize when you're going to fall short and just stop before you completely end any chance of seeking political office in the future again and that's exactly what he did can you imagine two jv squad games and he lost the first one devastated by the first one carly fiorina mm-hmm. was the big winner and of course cnn snuck her on they tapped her they they uh they um pin uh they, they what is it pin pin pin. A pin. They pinder. 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 The- <laughs> like what you do on Twitter when you want to pin a tweet. Thumbtacked her. They They thumbtacked her onto the uh, debates there with the big with the big dogs on CNN. They uh, made room for Eleven so she could uh, sneak on, and rightfully so. I think that Carly Fiorina deserves to be there more than Chris Christie, more than Rand Paul, mm. and certainly more um, than a whole series of other individuals who have not made any waves whatsoever to stand out in the Republican party. I think Rick Perry just ran for I, I feel like he did it because he felt like he should have. There was
0: no there was no real reason for him to run. Like he knew well, that his time in the sun passed with oops I mean, you can't you can't have an oops and a huge primary debate. Well, specifically, and and also he's under indictment.
1: Well, that'll happen, (laughs) and that indictment is ridiculous. Go and the research on the indictment is totally crazy. I mean, that's just that that takes place in Austin, Texas, of course, one of the Democratic strongholds, and basically the the indictment is just. um, criticizing rick perry and indicting rick perry for doing whatever a single politician does which is helping out somebody who helped him out previously in a campaign which i don't fully understand where that indictment comes from and i don't think it has any solid ground so that's good for rick perry in my opinion i disagree with the vast majority of everything that he has done Mm. in his political career but i do believe that that indictment is nothing but political dare i say shenanigans (laughs) i'm calling sheen ads But he announced that he will no longer be seeking the office. And I think that's good. So now we're all the way down to just a small 16. (laughs) It's unbelievable. We still have enough players in the Republican Party to fill out two full NBA teams with strong bench reserves. (laughs) Good god. So we're down to 16. The Republican debate is going to be absolutely fascinating. Ted Cruz has been aligning himself as much as he possibly can this week with um with Donald Trump, I guess last week now, of course at the uh repeal the Iran deal, the uh the large The large gathering in washington everyone got together to repeal the deal but it's not going to happen it's sort of one of those moot points even though i I don't necessarily agree with the deal it is sort of like at this point beating a dead horse Mm. but he wants to attach himself very very much with mr donald trump because he knows donald trump and this is what ted cruz admitted donald trump gets the cameras and ted cruz likes to be in front of the cameras and i don't know why because someone should have told him don't even look in a mirror I mean, it's a a nightmare looking at this guy speak. He's a total, uh, you know, he's got one of these unlikable faces. He's a pig goblin. He's a pig goblin. All right, we can give that to him. Everyone's coming out very aggressively against Donald Trump now, really for the first time, because his hold on the uh, on the lead is going absolutely nowhere. I think people are beginning to understand that in order to take him out, you're going to have to play dirty the exact same way that he plays, very similar to what the Detroit Pistons used to do to Michael Jordan in a little book called The Jordan Rules, where pretty much it should have just been one page and one picture, and that picture is of Bill Lambier and then a quote saying punch. Him him just punch him that's all the jordan rules were we're like every time you see him hit him all right i love bill Lambier. bill Lambier is the best back when white people could actually play in the nba because there were no rules it was much more like that game arch rivals the great arcade yeah. game where it was very uh, very limited in the skill yeah. of basketball mostly can you throw a punch You're my guy. Yeah. And then, of course, I believe at some point someone pulled out a knife in the game, (laughs) Arch Rivals, which wasn't that far off of what the Detroit Pistons used to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not that far off of what uh, Bobby Jindal... Of course, the governor of Louisiana is currently doing verbally to Donald Trump. This little worm of a man, Bobby (laughs) Jindal. And let me tell you a story about Bobby Jindal. I'm I'm a good friend with a person who resided in Louisiana of Indian descent. And her parents, I told this story before, but I'll tell it again. Her parents donated a lot of money to Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal milked the Indian community of Louisiana for, for all that they had and they had a lot of money it's a relatively wealthy uh, community mm. and so bobby jindal gets elected to the governorship and of course he runs on a very conservative very evangelical platform which makes sense i mean he does have the skin complexion of jesus much more than w <laughs> bush did or a whole series of other evangelical types such as mr mike huckabee mm-hmm. i mean my jesus would look at mike Huck- huckabee oh. and be like you're a glutton <laughs> <laughs> gluttony is a crime as well my friend yeah yes. so bobby jindal won the nomination in louisiana on the backs of a very very wealthy um indian minority population that really felt some support for him he was the same way that uh evangelicals felt support for w the same way that blacks felt support for obama uh the indian community in uh, louisiana were like this is our guy he's going to bring change to the, governor, uh, to the governor's mansion in Louisiana. So the day that he's elected, he's going to give his uh, you know, his victory speech. And, of course, these speeches are filled with the who's who of Louisiana. So some people even had shoes. <laughs> and one guy wore a button-down. And another dude had a bolo tie but no shirt. But he was so close. He was so close to being the fanciest guy at the ball. A for effort. A for effort. <laughs> and in today's America, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. So the day before, he's about to go give his uh, acceptance speech to receive the governorship. He called up every single Indian family that, again, donated millions and millions of dollars and demanded that the wives don't wear saris, which mm-hmm. is the traditional Indian uh, garb, and the husbands don't wear a traditional male celebratory garb uh, that they would <sighs> wear in their home country because he wants to look very evangelical yeah, and w- very white. Yeah, of course. He wants to be, he wants to be one of the good ones. He wants to be one of the good ones. And I'm not even saying that this is something that I understand. When you're running for the governorship and you're a brown person and you're in Louisiana, you've got to go so far to the right and you've got to, you've got to um, praise Jesus <laughs> more than any other person on the face of the planet yeah, oh yeah. in order for people to be fully convinced that you don't like some eight-armed, uh, nine-legged goddess who uh, you know refuses to eat a cow. So yeah. then you got to switch from Pish to Bobby. Right. And of course he has a very good ex- uh, he has a very good reason for changing from p Pish to Bobby. He said that Bobby was easier to say and he's right. Okay, yeah. but <laughs> I guess so. He just he went he went to school one day. This is a true story, I believe, he was 5 or 6 years old. He went to school Pish. He came back Bobby. His parents said, "What the hell happened?" He's like <laughs> This is just going to be easier for me. <laughs> and I think they all they were just like, okay. But you know, I don't even I don't mind that. Yeah, that's fine. You, you have to do what you have to do to assimilate into this culture. And honestly, he gave himself an easier life being known as Bobby as opposed to P.S. because you can imagine middle school, PP, P I mean, on you, P.S., yeah. you know oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And
0: you know, even Barack Obama was Barry
1: for decades. Of course. And you know, yeah. my older brother, his name is Eric. Mm. Eric Kissel, you know his original name, his real name Bartholomew. <laughs> That's true. My name. My parents named us Bartholomew, Christopher, and Benjamin after the three tribes of Israel. Wow. And uh, this is how evangelical my parents are. I think they like Ted Cruz, <laughs> despite the goblin-like features. <laughs> pig goblin. P- pig goblin. I apologize. <laughs> I want to. I want to get that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, yeah. He's no regular goblin. Here on Abilengen's top hat, we don't <laughs> like to get things wrong. He's a pig goblin, not just your average goblin. Yes. Okay. So my my brother was named Bartholomew, which is obviously Bart in the short term. And what does Bart rhyme with? I bet you you can guess it. Uh, fart, fart, Bart the fart. Okay, so until sixth, seventh, eighth grade, he was called Bart the fart, and he would come home and he was and he was crying. He would always. He's gonna kill me. He listens to the show. He's gonna murder me for telling this story. But I'm I gotta sorry, do it,
0: Eric. I'm sorry. I gotta do it.
1: This is. I'm I'm trying to actually. Uh, I'm actually sympathizing with uh, Mr. Jindal on this one issue. Uh, So he was called Bart the Fart on a regular basis. He would come home crying. Eric was his middle name, which was the name of my grandfather. So he went with Eric. And uh, I'll never forget it. I believe people used to... um Really kind of push them off bicycles and, and things like that. Yeah. We're a tall family. Top heavy. Top heavy family. <laughs> the Kissels are not meant for bikes. You know, we have a long stride when we walk, yeah. so we don't need the bike. We'll get to the finish line at the exact same time your Lance Armstrongs of the world mm-hmm. begin their journey. And if we begin the journey at the same time, we'll end at approximately the same time as well. So Bart the Fart, it was demoralizing. Bobby Jindal, formerly PS. Anyway, he's coming out and attacking Donald Trump, not on policy, because this is not a policy election. This is, this is the cult of personality. This is a very—I extro- for the. I mean, all elections tend to be personality-based, right? Because, you know, and we've discussed this previously, there isn't that much difference between these parties. Everyone agrees that capitalism is the way to go. The vast majority, except for Donald Trump— don't, make, don't bring it up, Marcus. Fine. Don't, don't make not. me bring it up. You brought it up. Oh, okay. I did. That's right. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and then blame me for it. Oh, okay. Very good. But all of the people agree that they are going to have to seek outside lenders and outside financiers for their campaigns. The vast majority of these people are playing with inside a very, very small circle of political uh, government thought of uh, very similar ideo- uh, ideologies. Mm-hmm. Right. So- when it comes to like a substance a substantive policy debate, it's much more difficult to have because you would have to really get into some very uh, specific details. When it comes to taxation, when it comes to um uh, different sorts of fundings. What, what what would you like to fund? What wouldn't you like to fund? Right. Yada yada yada. So obviously, the cult of personality is really what's the most important thing, and that's where Bobby Jindal is going after Donald Trump, and he's the only one to really go after him in this way. Other people say Donald Trump isn't a conservative. They say he's, uh, you know, he is, uh, he alienates too much of the base. He's not a Christian, but D- Bobby Jindal is just straight up like. He's a jerk off. That's pretty. <laughs> Bobby Jindal just gave a speech and just said what a lot of people think about Donald Trump. But then again, a lot of people also agree with Bobby Jindal, but still love Donald Trump because they like the fact that he is your carnival barker. He is your entertainer in chief. Yeah. He is, you know, but th- this whole idea that uh, an entertainer in chief can't be elected is completely untrue. Because you remember in 2008 when Barack Obama was running, when the Bonos of the world, when Madonna, when MTV made him God, yeah, when every single person who mattered in pop culture, in youth culture, any person who wanted to be perceived as cool on television, they all came out in support of Barack Obama. And the biggest diss on him, John McCain made it on a regular basis, and Bill Clinton, when he went back to being Bubba, speaking of name changes... (laughs) bill born bill and he came home one day and he was like mom i'm baba and she's like why he's like i think it'll make me more light okay (laughs) the exact same reason that eric changed his name and bobby changed his yeah so uh that was the biggest complaint about barack obama was that he's just an entertainer he's the celebrity president yeah and that's the exact same thing that people are saying now about trump but in these primaries There's no one paying enough attention to policy, and these people don't even have the people that they would have in place to create the policy yet Mm -hmm. because they don't know if they're going to be there. These campaigns are still ramping up. I mean, again, there's 16 people now running for the presidency of the United States on the Republican side. So Donald Trump doesn't have any – he has no reason to really actually have to express and articulate policy, and Bobby Jindal could try to run on his record in Louisiana, but currently his poll numbers are at 33%. So I think this is the attack that he's trying to take on Donald, but it's not going to stick because as we saw with Barack Obama, a two-term president... People don't mind the idea of a celebrity-in-chief any longer. Well, and it's also, this has
0: been uh, ramping up for a while now, Uh, this sort of celebrity who doesn't have a whole lot of experience-in-chief because Donald Trump has no legislative experience whatsoever. Barack Obama had, what was two-term senator? He was a a one-term
1: senator. Barack Obama and Ted Cruz have the exact same narrative. Both one-term senators, both questionable birth certificates, although we know for a fact that Ted Cruz was born in Canada. So that's very, very bizarre. Extremely inexperienced and both running at the age of 44. Obviously, Barack Obama is older now because time works. <laughs> wow.
0: Yes. Ted Cruz is 44? He's a very young man. Oh, Jesus. I thought he was in his 60s. Well, he looks like he's, maybe he's a
1: chain smoker. Big, I don't know what the guy does yeah, behind the doors. Big goblins, don't, they don't age well. Well, <laughs> believe it or not, they don't, Marcus. <laughs> It's very, very sad. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, and you saw, you know, Ronald, you know, everyone forgets that Ronald Reagan was an actor, and that's what everyone said when he first started running, like, Ronald Reagan's running for governor of California. They're like, Ronald Reagan, the the guy that was in bedtime for Bonzo? Like, right. Like, yeah, and then he won, and then it's Ronald Reagan is running for president. The actor? Uh, Well, after the
1: third time he was able to win, he was laughed out of the building the first two times. Nobody thought he was going to win. Yeah, it took him the third time. They were just like, just come back when you almost have Alzheimer's. (laughs) You know, that's when we we want you, Ronnie. (laughs) Come back at the end. And then the NWO was like, (laughs) now we can control him because his brain is weak. (laughs) So this is Bobby Jindal, and he's finally getting some airwaves. Uh, He's finally getting on the airwaves with these personal attacks against Donald Trump. But Donald Trump, again... This is so bizarre at this point now. Everyone thought this candidacy that Trump is attempting to get uh, from the Republican Party, everyone thought it would be done at this point. Everybody. And it is, it is sticking around, and it's not going anywhere. And now it is officially part of his brand to be a jackass. Yeah. People discussed when the first uh, major gap, I mean, there's so many gaps. What we used to perceive as gaps are now becoming perceived as charismatic, charming, and again, part of the Trump brand. When he called Megan Kelly, when he said she was bleeding from her whatever, and I do believe he was talking about her nose because that'll happen <laughs> on a regular basis. I've been on planes and I've seen Literally people on. do it.
0: From a whatever. 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 <laughs>
1: Carly Fiorina, he made fun of her. He discussed her face, yeah. discussing how, how could anyone vote, vote for a face like that. This is offensive on, on its face, right? But then, of course, he, uh, rea- he uh, retracted the statements. Yeah, well, he
0: retracted in a way where he just said, he's like, no, I wasn't talking about her looks. I was talking about her demeanor. He's like, no, she, you know, because she failed at HP. She lost her Senate race in a landslide. Right. Uh, and that's what he's saying. He doesn't like her persona, her demeanor, her punim, so as get- the
1: Jews call it. Jewish people. The Jew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's so, wrong? You can get down in the mud with Donald Trump, but you're never going to win that war yeah. because you're not, uh, you know, he is a, if you're a, he's a sumo wrestler yeah. and Bobby Jindal, you know, he's just starting to put on weight now. Yeah, you, you can't get into the ring with a sumo wrestler when you're just like, I had three big meals yesterday. I'm going to get in there. It's out of Bobby Jindal's character. It's 100% in Donald Trump's character. And that's why you have on the other side of the um, emotional aisle, the other side of the uh, character aisle, you have your Ben Carson, who is number two in the polls. Yeah. He's doing extremely well. And you could not paint two more two pictures, of, uh, pictures of two more different people. Uh, obviously both physically, but then with with the uh, mannerisms, with the cadence, with their entire approach to running for the presidency of the United States. The one thing they have in common is, of course, none of them have previously um, sought nor sat in any sort of public office, for better or for worse. In this situation, it's for better. Mm -hmm. So Ben Carson is rising in the polls, not because he's attacking Donald Trump. He has attacked him a little bit. Donald Trump has gone back at him. But this is going to be a very interesting uh, dichotomy because neither of them – Donald Trump is smart enough to know that at some point in time you can't be perceived as picking on the person who is loved and who is also loved because they're extremely nice, Mm -hmm. compassionate, and intelligent. You know, Carly Fiorina, he can get away with picking on her. She doesn't have the largest voter support right now at this point. I think she's going to do very well in this next debate. Jeb Bush, he can say whatever he wants to say about, uh, about Jeb Bush because oh, yeah. the Bush family, first of all, they killed Kennedy. We all know that. Second of all, <laughs> they've ruined this country for the past 25 years. Yeah. And they're, they're so established and so unbelievably well liked that, uh, I mean, um, well known and, uh, and successful that you can say whatever you want to say about them. But yeah. Ben Carson is coming from this whole other area and it's interesting to see how both of uh, Donald Trump and Ben Carson's campaigns are resonating with this with the exact same voter population right I mean a lot of women love uh, Ben Carson Donald Trump is surprisingly up nine percent with women uh, in the Republican Party obviously yeah it, but it's very fascinating to watch two different personality types rise in the polls at the exact same time obviously Ben hasn't quite caught Donald yet but with completely different strategies going back to the detroit pistons chicago bulls analogy the chicago bulls were athletic mm-hmm. they were be- beautiful to watch everyone you know it was it was showtime it was not showtime that was magic but it was it was uh, you know it was um it was the airman. It was like Michael Jordan was like he was like a ballet dancer yeah. when he played basketball. I mean, it was crazy to see what he could do. He was so fast, no one even was able to touch him. And then you had the Detroit Pistons, uh, and of course, the Bulls are Ben Carson. And then you have the Detroit Pistons who are just like before the ball is even thrown up to tip off at the beginning of the game. Bill Lambier's twaz the guys in the ball. He just like <laughs> twas his people in the nuts. You know, you, you got, uh, you got, you got uh, Mahone out there. Oh, or, yeah. You know, just doing an insane, crazy. He's, he's short checking people. Isaiah Thomas is just saying random anti uh, gay slurs to some people. <laughs> you know, totally different strategies, but they both met in the finals for a reason mm-hmm. because both of those are winning, uh, winning approaches. To having uh, success. And you look at Ben Carson, I think that he's for real as well. I really do. In the Republican Party, there's also, let's not take in, let's take this into account. A lot of people thought the, vers- the first black president was going to be a Republican. Yeah. If you remember. Colin Powell. Colin Powell. Colin Powell? Colin Powell. I think it's, is it Col- I hope Colin? I hope it's Colin. For, for definitely no, Colin. A colon is a. I think it's Colin. No, I, a colon is a, I it's a shit a, organ. I, it well, it's a very needed organ, Mr. Parks, and I don't think Cohen's parti- particularly care for how you're talking about him. It's truth. It, hey, it, it hey, is hey, a necessity. Hey, I'm, just, I'm just
0: saying what we're all thinking, huh?
1: Well, I like you. <laughs> then I like you, Mr. Parks. But, you know, the Republican Party has been sort of looking for to, to shed that narrative that they are a whole bunch of racist, bigoted uh, Peace is a trash because they 're not obviously this is half of the country, and half of the country is really there 's no way that half of this country is full of hate there are There are pockets in the in the uh, in the left side that vote democrat that are just as hateful as the pockets that vote out of hate uh, in the right side
0: oh i 'd argue that more than half of this country is full
1: of hate seventy I'm percent I'm, i don 't believe it I'm just 49%, <laughs> 51, i 'm saying forty nine percent one. am i 'm giving the uh, – got to give the majority to love here. But uh, so Ben Carson coming in, I think that a lot of Republicans really do want to find as the uh, the great white hope uh, notion when it comes to athletics, especially uh, particularly in boxing. I think there's a a large subset of the Republican Party that really enjoy the idea of getting some diversity into the group, getting some diversity back uh, into the Republican brand. Because, of course, you know, up until the 60s, the Republicans were considered relatively progressive. The Democrats were the ones that were extremely fascist.
0: Yeah, and, and they, uh, that and, got, well that got flipped by the Civil Rights Act by LBJ. Of course. Yeah.
1: But I think 1960s. that helps I think that helps Ben Carson out. I really do because there's a lot of people looking the Republican Party this is definitely a year of rebranding. They're that's doing that's why it. that's why Bush is doing terrible. That's why uh, that's why Perry had to drop out. That's why Fiorina is coming up in the in the in the rankings. You know, I mean it it is a year of rebranding for the Republican Party.
0: The problem is that they're the You got to ask which brand is going to work. It's the Republican Party trying to rebrand themselves one way and Donald Trump trying to rebrand it another way. Of course, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, but if Trump, if his brand gets on it, then oh boy, that racist statement is just going to stick with it. Because they're not, if if Trump gets the nominations, like no Hispanic vote, no Asian vote. Done. Probably no black vote either.
1: Like any minority vote is going to be. I'm going to say this. I totally disagree with you about the black vote. As a person who walked past Tyler, the creator in Soho three months ago, (laughs) this is true. Tyler, the creator. If you don't know who Tyler, the creator is, Google him. Listen to Odd Future. It's great. They're the best, and Tyler Creator is a, is amazing on his own as well. I walked by him in Soho, and I said, "Hey," and then he was gone, and he didn't <laughs> want my. You know, as a six foot seven dude, every time I saw Anthony Mason. Speaking of basketball references, the great New York Nick, rest in peace, Anthony Mason. He used to carve amazing not him, his barber, uh, phenomenal. We used to carve amazing um, pieces of art into his hair. Before every game, I saw him on the streets. I wanted to say hi. Nobody wants a six foot seven ginger from Wisconsin to be like, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> yes, sure, I have breasts, but not the kind they want. All right, so where are you going with this? I'm always finding the way. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Donald Trump is a hip hop president. You know what he does? Win hmm you're gonna win so much you're gonna be sick of winning if you ever listen to hip-hop there is at no point is there humility yeah. at no point are you humble kanye west supports donald trump and that is very true there's i've talked i did a great show at the knitting factory for the brooklyn comedy festival i did a roast battle with my friend kevin barnett who's on round table of gentlemen and the great show friends of the people on true tv And after the show, there was a DJ, and I'm forgetting the name of the DJ now. And I went on stage, and I wore my Make America Great Again hat. I had a Joseph A. Bank blazer on. I'm impressed. Hey, we know it's a nice blazer, (laughs) but, you know. Good God. And so I did my Donald Trump Make America Great Again for the roast. I lost for political reasons. I really did. (laughs) Uh, a bunch of whites, a bunch of a bunch of guilty whites. Yeah. And afterwards, the DJ came up to me. He's like, "Man, I thought you were hilarious." And then, as he was leaving, he whispered in my ear, "This is a this is a black fella." He whispered in my ear, "Team Trump." Did he? And I've, I swear to God, he did. <laughs> I swear to God. And I've gotten, I've gotten. I, it, it's like this little club. There's like a little secret Team Trump club. That exists, and I'm I'm always hearing people chirp in my ears. Everyone's scared to admit it, <laughs> but when when they go to the polls, there's he's up in the polls for a reason. I These numbers don't lie. He's at thirty percent. Mark my words, Donald Trump. It, this is as as uh, jazz music was once defined as a uh, as, as the uh, only is uh, the uh, the premier art form for the black people. Hip hop obviously is now. Mm-hmm. Rap is. I saw Straight of Compton, one of the best movies I've seen all year. All right. Donald Trump channels that exact same energy, and I wish I had Kevin here, or I wish I had one of my no, um, <laughs> but uh, but I swear I thought about this a lot the other day. I was like, "What is it? Arrogance? <laughs> it's arrogant. It is definitely arrogant, but not. Neg- but, but this is now a positive thing because again, after eight years of perceived weakness across the world and perceived uh, apologetic uh, policies across the world, um arrogance, bravado, an absolute refusal to uh, acknowledge whenever you're wrong, (laughs) a a certain amount, there's no doubt there's a certain amount of misogyny in the Trump campaign, and you could copy that, and what did people say about N.W.A.? Arrogant, misogynistic, violent i would say i would i would, I would say, argue donald trump's campaign does uh have a tinge of uh, <laughs> of aggression to it oh yeah
0: especially after that guy uh, those two dudes beat up uh the uh, beat the mexican man half to death and pretty much say they did it for trump all right let me talk about it
1: <laughs> okay so two morons that donald trump again would never even look at yeah. donald trump does not want to ha- hang out with any of these idiots um they beat up a homeless person who uh, was Hispanic, and apparently while they were doing it, they were saying that they did it for Donald Trump. Team Trump. But you know for a fact, Marcus, we've done so many shows together now. We have hundreds of thousands of fans all across the world. Some are really stupid. <laughs> like, some people who like us, you're just like... <laughs> I will never hang out with you. I, I, you're a more. As a matter of fact, I'd prefer if you didn't. So when you're running for the presidency of the United States, three hundred and what 10, 20 million people know your name, and obviously Donald Trump is known worldwide. Yeah, um, they're going to have a couple of idiots. What was this in Boston? I think so. How yeah. many people rioted after the Celtics won the NBA Finals, or after you know? Look what happens in in, in um, when Penn State. You know when uh, when they won? Oh yeah, uh, or whatever. I forget what uh, NCAA team where they had the massive riots. I'm forgetting, but it's pretty much every time. It was Penn State after
0: Joe Paterno got fired for harboring a pedophile.
1: Sure, there you go. So I mean, you can't you can't judge an entire per- you can't judge a person by the entirety of the individuals who are attracted to them because it's impossible. He's just one person, and at no point would Donald Trump be like, "Yeah, go kick that guy." <laughs> I don't think it. Maybe he would. I don't I, know. I
0: think that might be. I could see him like, kind of like, 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 no, no, don't. Uh, you don't, 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 No violence against people. But if you want to do a little bit of violence, that's fine." Yeah, sort of a Whitey Bulger type. <laughs> Don't tell, him I told, don't tell him I sent you, but you know, I sent you.
1: But I'm telling you, as, as Bill Clinton played the saxophone in Arsenio Hall to court the black vote, Donald Trump has a very similar narrative, a very similar rhetoric to a lot of what is uh, now pop culture, mainstream culture, which is a refusal to acknowledge any sort of fault, any sort of wrong. And what else does he do? He dresses well, make America great again. <laughs> the hat is selling off the shelves. But all of this is bad. I know. See, this is the thing. Everything
0: that Everything that you're talking
1: about is like every bit of it is bad. Well, it is. The question is politics can be used to unite or divide. Yeah. And in this situation, Donald Trump is using it to unite a whole series of people who would like to see the world divided. Uh- <laughs> So I mean, you know, it really is nice. Yeah, I guess he's uniting.
0: Yes, yes, I, I agree. So anyway, but
1: back to your previous point: losing the Hispanic vote, losing the female vote, losing the Black vote, um, the lose, Asian vote, the, too. losing the Asian vote. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I, I mean, I well, he's definitely going to lose the Hispanic vote. The best president uh, in our lifetime was George W. Bush, who was able to get forty-four percent of the Hispanic vote. Obviously, being from a border state such as Texas, speaking. Kind of fluent Spanish, but then again, he didn't really speak fluent English, so I think it was <laughs> yeah Bush,
0: Bush Bush always did well uh, with, uh, with the Hispanic vote in uh, Texas,
1: in Texas, and, in, Texas and in, uh, in the general election. He's pretty much the only one. and of course Jeb would do very well with the Hispanic vote as well, but yeah. he can't find any foothold whatsoever. No, oh, he's just flailing. Um, anyway, let's talk briefly about Jeb, I want to get your comments about Bill, uh, Joe Biden oh, yeah. on uh, Stephen Colbert because you made a prediction on the last show. I want you to uh, address it. But just really quickly, once again, just closing up on Donald Trump, I do believe there is a narrative there that is resonating with a lot more than just the bigots of the Republican Party. I think it plays to a larger narrative of the United States, as cliche as it sounds, wanting to feel... Um, powerful again yeah wanting to feel as if we have a place in the world again and i think that's something that he really uh, plays into and then of course you have the ben carson side that uh resonates with people who uh love this country and who also want to see this country do things in a different way but with a more intelligent humanitarian and a shrinking of the government but with the um a sh- they want to shrink the government, but they also want to have a uh, a sense of um, goodwill from around the world. And Ben Carson would get that goodwill, perceived goodwill from around the world. Yeah. You know, you have you have Donald Trump, who the world would be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't believe I have to talk to this guy for four years, but you have to. Yeah. And then you have Ben Carson, who I think would do a good job of shrinking down the government, who uh, would come across as extremely liked and extremely lovable, but the downside, and the the people across the, you know, uh, the foreign leaders across the world would be like, oh, good, I can deal with this guy. I can work with him. Or you have the Putins of the world who would be like, I will destroy you. (laughs) But Ben Carson, he's pretty backwards on social issues. Well, of course, he's very backwards. I mean, you know, Ron Paul... And Ron Paul are very, very pro-life. Ran- Ron Paul is very pro-life because he worked in an abortion clinic for three years, and he saw a whole series of don- uh, uh, fetuses thrown into garbage cans, and uh, and he- we really traumatized him at an extremely young age. Yeah. So this is where he is. A lot of the people in the medical uh, industry do tend to be pro-life because they've seen a lot of what it is on the front lines, the exact same way that you have a war veteran come back, like a John Kerry type, who is no longer a hawk. When you came back from Vietnam... It didn't matter if you wanted to go kill every single Viet Cong out there. You came back and you're like, "Let's give peace a chance." <laughs> like because they were on the front lines, useless, right? Yeah. And I think that's what, that's sort of where Ben Carson yeah. comes in. I understand when it comes that, to but that.
0: I don't think that because one person has a traumatic experience with that, that it, it, they should outlaw it because it makes them feel weird. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's happens. I think that's a lot of what social issues are in America is that people think because something makes them feel weird that it shouldn't be accepted or out. It's the well, exact same thing with like gay marriage and all that. It makes Kim Davis, it makes her feel icky. So no, no,
1: but that's not the thing with abortion. I mean, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to uh, when it comes to policy, when it comes to government. I mean, when when the, when the rhetoric behind defunding Planned Parenthood comes around, and we talked about this previously on the show, Planned Parenthood they get uh, roughly four hundred million dollars, five hundred million. Guess from the federal government, they make up for 30% of the um, country's abortions. And, of course, Planned Parenthood says that the money that they get from the federal government doesn't go to abortions, but that's not true because the money that they get from the federal government goes to a, a – a, um, Whatever program they have to have, and they can take that money from that program they would have previously had and then put it into abortion so there, there is it 's a shell game, so uh, it does go into abortions so the, cre- the question is if you don't believe in abortions, do you want the federal government to have any sort of say or to have any sort of financial um, input on Planned Parenthood's activities if you are a person who is staunchly against uh, abortion so that's, so that's sort of the, re- the Republican argument against it it's mm-hmm. not so much that they're against uh, they don 't want any abortion across the country. It, well, I mean, I think in a perfect world they would. Yeah. But uh, the w- the way that the argument is made from a governmental level is just like, why is the government financing any sort of abortion whatsoever? Because half of the country, and really, I mean, a solid half of the country is, uh, is extremely pro-life. Yeah. And uh, it's a very hot-button issue. So I think that's sort of where... The Republican narrative on um, on being pro life gets lost. They they have a difficult time articulating. Even if like even if you are pro choice, I'm pro choice. I don't know if the government should necessarily be g- giving money to Planned Parenthood. I mean, there's just so much emotion involved. in There's it. so much it's... emotion. But at the same time, what if they were giving something to the Knights of Columbus, the KKK, or something? like I mean, what if they were giving money to a, an organization? What's something that you were staunchly oppose? Uh, I would say Nazis. What if they just gave a whole 500 million bucks to the Nazis? But not, not to go burn crosses in yeah. you know in the middle of Mississippi. It's so they can have good barbecues. Yeah. And they're only, the money is set aside for barbecues. Yeah. But they take that money that they were going to use for barbecues, and they go and they buy the crosses with it. So I think that's, that's the Republican argument against it. But anyway, let's go back to uh, Jeb Bush. You mentioned him earlier. He was on Colbert. He got absolutely destroyed. Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush yeah. got absolutely destroyed. And Colbert asked him some you know not that tough of questions but let's be honest a lot of comedians are smarter than politicians yeah. especially when it comes to quick-witted banter and also colbert has nothing to lose jeb bush has the presidency to lose yeah. so he is extremely guarded and he did a terrible job joe biden went on uh on uh, stephen colbert i did see a little bit of a liberal bias there colbert gave him a big hug yeah. fluffed him a little bit and colbert did tell him to run did tell him to run. Yeah. Right. So, Colbert basically tried to derail one presidential campaign. Well, uh, the next presidential candidate came on and he was just like, I will do whatever you want me to do <laughs> to see that you're the next president of the United States. <laughs> Please. But you had made a prediction on the last show, Mr. Parks about what Joe Biden was going to say on Stephen Colbert.
0: I mean, I did. I did. I thought that he was going to come out. This was going to be his announcement that he was going to run for president, that he was going to wait for a place where he could get a gigantic national uh, stage. He could get a lot of applause. It would be a real good video clip to play over and over again, him announcing that he's going to run for president Right, and the entire place going nuts with the arguably the biggest comedian in America today sitting right next to him in a cultural icon, totally that will endear him to millennials. It was, right. I mean, optics
1: wise, it would have been great. Oh yeah, and compare that with Bernie Sanders, who sort of announced that he was going to run on, uh, the, on the Larry, Larry. Wilmore show. <laughs> it, really, it, one of so the Larry Wilmore's fine? No, he's not. It's a terrible <laughs> show, and I can't, I can't sit here and lie anymore. I'm never going to be on the damn thing. It doesn't matter. It's the worst show in the history of shows. My, our friend Kat Timpf was on that show yeah. where Bernie kind of announced that he was going to run for president. So you're right. To your point, this would have been a great stage for Joe Biden. It would have been, but uh, it seems like like I, I really don't know
0: whether his, uh, I guess, reticence about running has a lot to do with his personal uh, misgivings or Ugh. with his family's personal mis- uh, misgivings because it's like it, you kind of get the feeling that he's uh, kind of coded saying like, you know, I'd love to run for president but my fucking wife is won't let me yeah you know, i mean i like don't know though
1: it's it could be that but it could also be that he's just tired and i think that he deserves to be tired yeah oh you know, yeah. i have a lot of respect for joe biden i really like him he's a great rust belt uh democrat he's a wonderful you know just a, a real good classic union uh democrat before everything got more well i guess the unions have always been fairly corrupted but what is it uh, but he's a, but he seems like a very very good guy. The loss of Bo is so unbelievably stressful. He's yeah. seventy two years old. If I'm I mean, if I'm Joe Biden, do you have it in you running for the presidency is a total nightmare. And he does have a few scandals in his past, and specifically uh, the ones dealing with um, yes with Anita from the Clarence Thomas trials. Yeah, where he uh, they really threw um, Anita Hill. A under hill. under Sorry. the bus uh under the bus and uh they when when Clarence was running for the presidency or when uh, when Clarence was um appointed to the Supreme Court the democrats were in a rock in a hard place and this is why Clarence Thomas was such a smart decision to make because democrats again are so often scared to be perceived as racist so they walk on eggshells uh, and it's a you know it's a really it's a, it's a form of racism in itself that i completely denounce and it drives me absolutely insane and it's very specific to white liberal people when Anita Hill went in to testify that Clarence Thomas sexually assaulted her and made sexual um advances towards her that she didn't want they completely derailed everything that she wanted to say and Joe Biden was in no stretch of the imagination an ally but of course Hillary Clinton has already used this against him in an attack ad and she has no footing on these issues whatsoever because Mm -hmm. she's done um you know Very, very terrible things to many, many women.
0: I did find out something uh, about Joe Biden in the 9-11 research for the second 9-11 episode we did that was mostly about politics uh, for last podcast on the left. I found out that Joe Biden uh, drafted the document that the Patriot Act was based on. That there was the reason Mm -hmm. why the Patriot Act was passing. Remember, it was passed in 20 days and it was a 3000 page document. The reason why is because Joe Biden a few years earlier had drafted pretty much a a national security wet dream wish list, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Yeah. And he had uh, he had drafted that years earlier and they used Biden's draft to uh, to draft the Patriot Act. I thought that that makes me think of him. A little less. That makes me a little apprehensive of Well, you know, of
1: I mean, all of these politicians are constantly drafting bills. A lot of these times, uh, the corporations will draft the bill and just send it over to the politician and have them sign it. That was, of course, the McGovern situation when it came mm-hmm. to uh, the um, the dietary guidelines. It was literally made by big food corporations. They sent it over to McGovern, and he's like, you just ruined every single thing that I wanted to get accomplished in this bill. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he was forced to sign the uh, forced to sign the thing. Um, so, yes, Joe Biden has a long history of politics. And, again, this is where the Republican Party right now, that's why there's so much eyes on it, and that's why there's so much enthusiasm enthusiasm for the Fiorinas, for the Carsons, and for the Trumps, regardless of if you like them, don't like them, whatever their politics might be. That's really the main motivation driving everything. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see the debate this Wednesday, September 16th, on CNN. It'll be phenomenal. I will be on Kennedy... On, uh, what's the date today, Marcus? Is it the 13th? 13th. I'm going to be on it the 14th, so this will be out on the 15th, so you can probably find it online or something like that. So that'll be on Fox Business. You can find, uh, that'll that'll wrap it up for the episode. I think so. I think so. I love it. I love talking to you, Marcus. I love talking to you, too, Ben. Yeah. Always a fun conversation. Oh, man. And I'm just like, I I just, my Joseph A. Bank jacket. Uh, I'm so (laughs) sweaty. I'm so sweaty in this fancy Joseph A. Bank jacket. (laughs) Can't believe it. Alright, well you can find Marcus on Twitter At Marcus Parks I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel And uh, go to the Facebook group uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. I think you'll enjoy that there Oh, and we didn't get to talk about Syria But we'll talk about that at another time Yeah, well, Yeah, the- Syria's not going anywhere No, no, it is definitely not um, <laughs> Alright everyone, thanks for listening We'll talk to you soon
0: For more shows like the one you just listened to Go to cavecomedyradio.com